Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. Today, I have a rock star on the show. His name is Tony Rodriguez. Stay with us. You'll want to hear this guy's story. Be right back. And we are back. Let me bring Tony on. Tony, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy to be here on the great Ken Walsh show. Come on now. This great, is great. Let's break great through some here, walls, man. Let's break through some uh, listen, walls. We, we all need a little bit more walls in our life, right? Well, we also got to knock down some walls, but that's not going to happen today. Get over <laughs> them, get under them, get around them, whatever we got to do. Exactly so Tony, right. Tony, you and I have um, gotten to know each other much, much better um, via Clubhouse. Indeed, you you live on there, don't you? <laughs> you know, I don't. However, I do feel like I did uh, in the beginning. You know, in in yeah. January and February, I spent a lot of time, especially in January. You know, I yeah. came on probably the third or fourth, but I didn't really come on until like the seventh or eighth. Um, and I think that it's just such a powerful, powerful platform. Uh, not only does it allow you to refine your story, but it allows you to connect with people that you haven't connected with in a long time. And it's still early on in the app that you can go in and establish your digital footprint. You yeah. know, I was the guy that for both Facebook and Instagram, I held off for like four or five years. And then when you come in and you try to make a splash, now you're making a splash in the ocean as opposed to making a splash in a pond or a lake. Uh, yeah. So I did spend a fair amount of time in there, certainly in January and then February, still a lot. And then I've I've now much more strategic about it because I'm yeah. sure that there isn't one partner, one wife, one husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever out there that says, oh, my God, I love that my partner, my my spouse is on Clubhouse so much. <laughs> I know, man, it's it's. Um... You know, Glenn and I, Glenn Morshower and I did a room one one day. He calls me, I don't know, it was like four in the afternoon or something. And we started, we started a room and we didn't finish it until I think it was like two thirty in the morning. I'm like, dude, I, I got I'm texting him going, I'm leaving. So if you want to keep going, I got to go. Anyway, yeah. It is so good. And it's so true, you know, when because I host a room. Well, the, well, Glenn and I happen to be in a lot of rooms together. Yet the one that I host on Wednesday at 6 o'clock Eastern, the storytelling room with uh, with Dan Clark, whom you've met as well. Yeah. Uh, when Glenn comes in the room, people are like, uh-oh, I guess we're going late. <laughs> no. I, we, I think we did an eight or nine hour room one day uh, and it was completely unexpected. Yeah. Yet, sometimes you get into it and it's so it's not about it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the audience and the community and, and the stories that they're sharing and how we're helping and pouring into them. They're pouring into us. It's it's such an incredible um, it's such an incredible chemistry and it's such an incredible yeah. way of, of communicating that. Uh, yeah, I've, this is pretty much, I'm still on the other social medias, but I'm posting there, but I'm spending time. Yeah. The only place I'm really spending any significant time is on clubhouse. Yeah. It's, um, 
I, I'm telling you that that I mean I think it's very powerful, but I haven't spent as much time. But anyway, let's 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 talk about something else, man. Um, we spend enough time on Clubhouse that we don't need to be on here talking about Clubhouse. True enough. <laughs> Besides, this is your this is your life story, dude. So you know, let's let. Why don't you start with telling everybody? Um, and by the way, welcome to everybody watching. Thank you for being here, and please share this out with all of your um, friends and family. But. Um, so start with telling everybody where you were born and raised, Tony. As I as I share to my social media as well, because I hadn't done that as we started speaking. So let me just nice. let me just go ahead and do that real quick as we go. Yeah, listen. So I was actually not born in this country. I came here. Uh, I came here as a kid. Let me just post one more site here. I came here as a kid uh, from Portugal. I grew up in Portugal and. Uh, you know, on, on March 28th, just before, about three weeks before my sixth birthday, my parents immigrated to the United States. And wow. Yeah. So for what it's worth, it was difficult. It was difficult. Do you, still, do you speak Portuguese? I do. I like to say I speak Portuguese, Spanish, and a little bit of English. <laughs> you have zero accent. So yeah, I've been here. I've been here for quite a while. So yeah. You know, it's been it's it's been an incredible journey. It's been incredible, difficult at times, and painful, and everything else. Except, uh, it's just part of my story. It's part of our journey, right? So I, I remember coming here, and it was traumatizing for me because my parents didn't bring my my older brother and sister uh, right at that time. They only came a few months later because they were still finishing off their uh, their year in school. And yeah. I remember, you know, driving away with them chasing the tag. It was it was not a, not a good parting experience. Um, wow. Then having been here after not knowing anything, living in, in a place where you're kind of in the country to living in a four room apartment in the city of Newark, not speaking the language, not knowing anybody. It was, it was you quite spoke no English, none, none. How old yeah. were you? How old? I was, I was just turning six. Oh my God, yeah. dude. Wow. So then uh, the next year, they put me right into first grade. So I never had the kindergarten experience. And of course, not speaking English. It was it was not an easy go. Um, so and then my obviously my, uh, my my brother and sister came. That made things a little easier. Yet um, I have an interesting life. I have an interesting childhood only because my father was an immigrant and he'd been an immigrant for a little while. So he was in France for, for a year or two. And then he'd come home and, you know, he'd have another kid and then he'd go and you know, so you, you kind of had that going on and um, and not to get into, you know, the psychology behind it. Yet there's there's a, 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 there is a misfire there or there's a disconnect there with your kids. Yeah. Um, really, because you don't have that 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 uh, oxytocin hit that you have. So, you know, we didn't have unfortunately, my father just never really had that connection with us in that way. And, uh, you know, I understand it's actually a chemical thing as well, not only a psychological thing. Yeah, like I said, yeah. that's probably a conversation for another day. And I say that because my father was a very violent man. Mm. He was physically, verbally, and mentally abusive uh, wow. for his whole life. Um, you know, the the supportive words that I heard growing up was that I was stupid and I would never amount to anything. And uh, it was painful. It was a really painful place to grow up. It was a scary yeah. place to grow up because um, home wasn't really a safe space right. for what that's worth. So. Uh, having 
said that, I mean, listen, there were, you know, and I, I share this story and I got to remember to share that there were good moments, right? You know, he did put a roof over our head and there was food on the table. Um, yet the, the, what a kid needs most of all, you know, the, I love you. I, you know, yeah. support and everything else we never had. I think I probably heard it in my thirties finally, um, wow. from yeah. him and even said it in English, even though he doesn't speak very good English because he couldn't even, he couldn't, he just, it was, it was difficult for him to express. So, you know, I was a shy kid up until my 18th birthday. I was a shy kid. I had a handful of friends. I was bullied. I was, uh, I was not, I was not in a good place. I was a happy kid whenever I could be, you know, I use humor. I still do to diffuse situations into, I still inject humor in my everyday conversation because that's how I would kind of make that escape or try to, you know, control things or, or make things better for myself, right. siblings. So it was just, uh, it was difficult. And I don't want to, I don't want to sit there well, for too long because go, go back to, uh, I, I'm curious. Um, I, I'm not trying to bring up painful memories, but I'm just curious about first grade. You didn't speak English and you're in, you said Newark, New Jersey, right? Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. And, and so you didn't speak English. I mean, what, how did you, when did you start speaking English? Yeah. Like, uh, how well, did you learn? Cause you have no accent at all. <laughs> zero. Like you sound like you're from New Jersey. <laughs> right. Well, I am now. Right. I know. So, right. But in fairness, uh, the city of Newark always had a big Portuguese population. Okay. So there were other kids in the class that did speak it. Uh, the, the teacher that, that, uh, that I had in first grade spoke some Portuguese as well. So okay. it made it easier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how that went, and okay. you know, and and considering that we were not allowed to speak English in in the, in the home whatsoever, ever, ever. What? Oh, we'd get we'd get yeah. It would it was not a good experience if we spoke English. The real we're that, yeah 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 no it was it was a painful experience every time we spoke English. So that probably you know didn't help the fact <laughs> you know to, to to speed up the language. Um, yeah. So, like I said, it was an interesting, it was, it was growing up was interesting. Um, and to the point, there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of struggle yet again, you know, we'd go to Portugal every two years and, and spend two, three weeks there. And, um, you know, so that was, th those are like the good memories, right? Cause we'd yeah, go back, yeah. we'd have freedom that we'd, we were, we weren't allowed back where we were. So it was an interesting growing up yet. Like I said, it was a lot of pain, a lot of, uh, just a wow. lot of heart. So at 16, uh, I found myself in the basement in the bathroom with a razor blade to my wrist. Oh, geez. And, you know, I just, it, life was just painful and yeah. I wanted to check out. And after pondering and crying a lot, I decided that, you know, my, I couldn't do that to my mom. Who's going to tell my mom I was dead. Yeah. Right. So I decided, I decided at that moment that I wasn't going to let anyone or anything, I wasn't going to give anyone or anything the satisfaction of my demise. Right. Because ultimately what happens when you when and this is me at 16, I don't even know how these thoughts came up. But the reality is this, is that the only ones who really hurt are the ones that you that love you. Yeah. If you, otherwise, you're just giving the satisfaction to that thing, to that problem, to that challenge, to that person that's really making your life miserable. Yeah. You're giving them the satatisfaction. They but win. I lose. And you hurt you them. Did, I love you. you didn't have that thought at 16. I don't know. Something stopped me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Maybe it was that, but the thought that I did have is that I wasn't going to give up and that I wasn't going wow. to. So I did, I actually, I did say, I'm not going to let this happen to me. 
So wow. probably not in the same words that I've just expressed. Obviously, sure. that probably came later. Yet I remember then that I'm like, I'm not going to do that because who's going to tell her that I'm gone? She doesn't wow. deserve it. Right. So God has a sense of humor. He does. So on my 18th birthday, on my birthday at about 1230, 1245, I was in it was in the brown 280z, Nissan 280ZX with my cousin whose birthday was the next day. It was spring break. We were going, uh, we were just driving a couple of towns over to the movie theater. And we're on the highway and the, a car hits us, just clips us, spin this into a tailspin. We hit the divider, hit the divider, and then finally go into the four work vans doing side of the work on the side of the road. And a four-letter word saved my life. Starts with an F. And it wasn't fear. Because I turned to my cousin, I shouted that out. As I did that, I was ejected from the car. I was ejected from the car, but my, kept, my hips kept me in the car. So I, I went out and I came back in, causing severe head and facial trauma. I, you know, um, and you know, I, 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 I remember, the only thing I remember is uh, him trying to pry the door open on the other side. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, damn, that shit looks like it hurts because he had his bones sticking out of his arm. And he oh. had a scar on his face. I didn't know why. And then I don't remember anything else. What? Hold, then, how did how did dropping an F-bomb save your life? Because I, I just turned to him and I shouted it. And oh. it I was ejected and that my hips kept me in the car. I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Oh, God. So then the next thing I remember, I'm looking down at my body in the hospital saying, who's going to tell my mom I'm dead? It was the most painful, it was the most calming, most peaceful moment I've ever had. I wasn't scared. There was no fear. There was no anxiety. There was nothing. It was just peaceful. Wow. And I was just thinking, I'm like, man, who's going to tell my mom I'm dead? And I just remember, you know, just hearing voices. and But I was just looking down, and I was wrapped up, and I only had you know, a little bit of a, of one eye showing because everything else was wrapped up. And then I had the black tunnel white light experience. I don't know how long I was, I was in that place. I had the black tunnel white light experience. And then I just exploded, you know, in a world of pain. And as I'm watching my life go before my eyes, there just wasn't that much to see. So I exploded wow. into a world of pain and, you know, not to go into the fact that I, 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 got, I was getting myself out of the gurney because the nurses weren't letting me out. I'm claustrophobic and I'm going crazy. I got to pee. You know, they're not letting me out. Finally, they, they let me out, walk me to the, check my neck, make sure that it isn't broken. I walk to the bathroom and, you know, I'm in there and I'm walking back and I just see like a little people. I can barely see through it. And I, of course, what do I do? I, I unwrap my head, which is not a good idea because I went back into shock and my forehead kind of fell over. Oh, okay. and I. You know, they they somebody came back in to get me, I guess, because I don't remember anything else. Um, the result of that, I had about 67 stitches on my face. I had to have, you know, surgery to repair damage. Um, and I still deal with some some of the side effects of that, the pain, the memory loss, uh, short-term memory, I, you know, sometimes I have an issue with. Um, and it was just a difficult moment. And this I did realize. I was still in high school. I was my senior year of high school. And it was... It was difficult. It was difficult because, again, I remember I was a shy kid. Now, here I am with with this. My parents had gone on vacation for the first time. They had gone to Portugal to visit and take care of whatever for the first time ever without the kids. My mom called me. That happened on a Monday. On Friday, my mom called and said, is everything okay? I had a bad nightmare that, that something happened to your brother. And we're like, no, it's fine, mom. Everything's fine. Of course, he had totaled his BMW underneath the bridge. He had the used BMW. He had bought, totaled it under under a bridge and didn't get hurt. 
So he says, no, mom, everything's okay. Wow. On Monday, I have this massive accident. They're still away. My mom calls again that night. Is everything okay? I had a bad dream that something bad happened. We said, no, mom, everything's okay. Because there was nothing they could have come to do. I was only wow. in the hospital about two days, believe it or not. Uh, wow. Because fortunately, it wasn't, there wasn't broken bones. It was damaged. But it wasn't anything, anything broken. Um, wow. So I decided shortly thereafter, and this I did decide shortly after that, that I would have died. I realized that I would have died without having lived. I would have died without ever having tasted life, without ever having experienced life. Right. And I decided if I was going to die tomorrow, man, I'm going to live today. You know, so I finished high school. And as, as these thoughts are percolating in my mind, I'm like, you know, this is bullshit. I'm going to, you know, I became alive. I died that day in my mind. I didn't flatline. I wasn't technically officially dead, but in my mind, right. it didn't because it, I was, I saw it. I was, I went through the experience. So I decided that if I was going to die tomorrow, I would live today. So if it went fast, I strapped my ass to it and went right. Uh, you know, whenever I could at the time, of course I was 18, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Uh, but I was afraid of skydiving. Uh, I was afraid of heights. So I started skydiving. I was afraid of deep water and was drowned as a kid. So I started scuba diving, even though I didn't know how to swim. <laughs> wow. Right? And, and this is at 18 years old. Uh, no, th that was ready at 19 when I can start okay. to rub a couple of nickels together because, you know, but did, you, did you go to college? Well, uh, I'll get to that in a sec. So I've been working since I was 11. Right? Yeah. Since I was 11, you know, yeah. what the child labor laws, I've had everything from working in the gas station, changing brakes and changing oil to pumping gas to yeah. you name it. I've done a bit of it. And so much so that, you know, I, I, I know a lot. I, I've, I can do a lot of things. I can repair a lot of things because also growing up, my father was always fixing something or going to somebody's house and help fix this. And so yeah. I was always the kid going around that. So I do owe that to my dad. Of course, you know, I didn't go to college, even though I do say I have a Ph.D., but that's my public high school diploma. Uh, because right. I never went to college. And the reason I didn't go to college, I was always told I was too stupid and I would never amount to anything. And I couldn't, you know, I was an idiot and this, that. So I didn't want to set myself up for failure. Yeah. So, um, but at that time I said, maybe I'm going to go to college, but everybody's already signed up. It's already, you know, it's months away. I can't, where am I going? So I decided to get into real estate. And of course my father said, no, you're not. Says you're going to come to work with me. I said, no, I'm not. He says, you are. I said, no, I'm not, you know, and nothing against it. But my father was a laborer working for someone else. Not that there's anything wrong with that, except I've broken my body, you know, a couple of months prior. I've still got pains. My pain still has pains. Right. Right. Uh, right. And I said, no, I'm not. So I got into it and he bet me a thousand dollars that I would fail. Wow. He said, you've got three months. If you don't close something in three months, you're coming to work with me, whether you like it or not. I said, no, I'm not. So I took his bet and I had to have somebody convince him to allow me to do it. And two days before those three months, I sold, I think it was 247 South Street in Newark, New Jersey. It was a little little barbecue restaurant in Delhi. My first commission was like $737. So I went wow. home like teenager would. I went to the bank. I put like 20s on the outside singles. And it was like five or six stacks of cash. And I went and I freaking dropped. He was having dinner and almost fell in his plate. Said, I'll give me my money. So my first commission was $1,737. Wow. I, I learned something else. I said, I am not going to quit. You tell me I can't. And I'm going to prove you freaking wrong. Yep. So I got my real estate license on, well, I think it was, I think I passed the test on December 27th of 1990. Wow. So I've been doing it for about 31 years. Uh, and, you know, I, I took that and I went on in life wanting to beat him, wanting to, you know, 
wanting to, to, to make more money than he ever did. And in my early 20s, I accomplished that. Both I had a full-time job and I was doing real estate full-time because you know, now, you know, being an entrepreneur, getting in real estate young is commonplace. Back then, I was the only, you know, I was the only person under 35 in the real estate class. And I was, right. you know, so it was, it was, it was not, it was not easy. So I, I held two jobs for about three, four years until I, I got into real estate full time. Then I opened up, bought my first home when I was 23 years old, I believe. Opened up my first real estate office when I was 24. Um, and I've had, fortunately, I've had successes then. And I, but I use that anger as fuel for a long time. Yeah. But, you know, I realized that I had to change that. And my life changed again. And I had another realization at 28 when I met Tony Robbins I, or I went to, to a Tony Robbins event. And I learned then so many things, but so much of it was about focus, right? Where our focus goes, our energy flows. So we can choose what we focus on. We can choose on the, to focus on the good or we can choose to focus on the bad. And the reality of it is, the other thing that I learned that was probably one of the most important parts at that time is that life is happening for us and not to us. Mm. And as I look back and I would blame that accident. I would blame God. I said, why, God, why did I have to have that accident? Look what it's done. It's hurt me so bad. My memory, my, my body, I have pain. I said, I'll give everything not to have had that accident. Why, why, why? But then I look back, you know, when I realized that and I had that awakening, I realized that that accident didn't come to, 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 to destroy me, to kill me, to hurt me, to knock me off course. That, that accident came to adjust my course and put me on the course I'm supposed to be on the whole time. Because I don't know where I would have been. I, I could have, should have, would have been a statistic. Maybe. I don't know. Right. 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 Yeah. So that accident came to save my life, not to destroy my life. And growing up, I didn't, may not have had the father that I deserved and wanted or the childhood that I deserved and wanted, but I got exactly who I needed and what I needed to be the father that I am today, to be the husband that I am today, to be the man that I am today. I had to have gone through all of those dark moments. I had to have gone through the pain. And yep. still today we grow. We continue to grow be, be, yeah. with the betrayals and with the injuries and with the failures and with the mistakes and with the bad deals and with the bad people. So I'm grateful. Today I'm grateful for, for my father. And, you know, I've, I've forgiven him and we've made peace and he's a different man today. Yet I'm grateful for him. You know, one of the things that I learned from Tony Robbins as well is, you know, you've got to blame effectively. So if you're going to blame someone for the bad, you've also got to blame them for the good. I got yeah. to blame him for my work ethic. I've got to blame him for always putting roof over our head and food on the table. I've got to blame him for the risks and challenges that he had to face in order to, 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 for me to be here today. I, ultimately, as good or bad as it was, I'm standing on his shoulders, right? And right. on the shoulders of my grandparents and, and, and everyone that did whatever they had to do to get us to, to where we are today. So I'm grateful for it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because I, 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 I now have more of awareness now more than ever that life is actually happening for us, not to us, preparing us for what it is we say we want to be. So, so you, you said you were 27 or 28 when you went to the Tony Robbins event. Yeah. So 27, I guess, 20, 27, 28, somewhere thereabouts. So, okay. So what was it? What, what event was it? Do you remember? Well, well, the first one I had been to, I'd actually, I'd seen him two or three years prior, but I was still young and it was one of those, uh, uh, one day sales events. And he spoke for like an hour and I, I took a tidbit from him that his definition of success to do what I want, when I want, with whoever I want for as long as I want. Yeah. Right. That's that's yeah. financial freedom. Yeah. Yet again, I didn't have the financial freedom to, to, to or the time to commit to that as I was just starting a business and everything else. 
So the first one that I went to was a UPW. So that was really my first real intro. That's where I actually got to learn. Instead of just the sound bites, I actually got, got to start learning about it. Yeah. That was a UPW in New Jersey. Um, okay. And then I went to another one the following year. And then I went to another one. And then because and during these times they're saying, well, you know, you got to buy this next program. I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I got the secret to the universe right here in this. I have right. to me a while to unpack. Yeah, then I, I I continued and I went and I did the master university and business mastery and leadership mastery and all of that. And then I uh, was uh, I became a leader in a senior leader in his organization. Um, and now in the last for the last 11 years or so, I've been that and I'm a trainer also now with Tony Robbins. So I get to travel. I used to when the world was open, hopefully again soon, yeah. travel around the world and help thousands of people uh, have those transformation these events. And I'm just blessed to have the opportunity to do that and have to help shit, you know, shift lives. And now I do That's that on awesome. my own aside from Tony. So uh, it's been a hell of a journey. So I, I think we've talked about this, you know, dragon, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Dragon, yeah. Dragon's my boy. Love yeah. that dude. Yeah. So, so you, uh, now, so you are, that became your full-time job or career or did, what happened with the real estate office? Well, I still run the real estate office. I'm still involved in real estate, except now I'm with EXP. I sold my office, went to one company, then merged that and uh, into that, and then uh, got into another company. Now, so I'm with a company called EXP Realty. Okay. Um, so now I'm, uh, you know, I have people that that work with me on the team that uh, that that we still get things done and represent clients and represent yeah. uh, developers and that sort of thing. And I'm building my 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 real estate um organization under exp so if anybody out there is interested just drop me a line we'll talk about it uh so i'm still involved at that i've been an entrepreneur for years i've i've you know usually because i bought the real estate but i've had everything i've, I've run ever owned and managed everything from a, a from a bar restaurant and nightclub to a 44 stall equestrian center with a with a with a riding school academy and all of that to wow. Um, just, I've obviously the being in real, not obviously, but being in real estate, I've bought and sold and flipped many houses yeah. under construction. I've owned my own, uh, commercial real estate portfolio, which was, you know, one of the biggest risks that I'd taken in my life. Cause you know, first we had a, um, residential portfolio, ones and twos and eight and 10 unit buildings and that sort of thing. And then we wound up getting out of that and all into commercial. So we had office space and warehouse space and that sort of thing. So yeah. did that many years. Um, so I've, I've, I've kind of run the gamut of a lot of different industries, all while being in real estate and running that uh, for all those years and being in the personal development space and growing in business mastery is it has been something that's helped me tremendously in, in that as well in leadership. Um, so I'm still involved in, in a lot of different things. I'm currently the chief visionary officer for a little company called Nourish Me. Uh, it's a nutraceutical company that uh, is really, really just changing uh, changing people's lives because we're radically reducing inflammation and giving people their lives back. And that's certainly something that's shifted my life. So, you know, I was telling you that I, I live in, with it, with a degree of pain ever since then. Yeah. I, I can't really say that anymore because this product that I've been taking has just been kind of amazing. And no, it's not a multi-level marketing thing or anything like that. But if anybody's interested, by all means, uh, I'd be, I'd be more than happy to share that. That's uh, awesome, dude. So, so, so doing that and, you know, one-on-one -on -one strategy sessions with, I, I only take a handful of clients a year just because I don't, I'm not the person that works with 30, 40 clients. And I, I'd rather just work with seven or eight clients at a time Yeah, uh, with that, because I, again, I also still running my businesses and I've got a family and, and, everything yeah. else and, you know, so I want to just commit as much as I can. So who I, who I do work with, I do so at a pretty intense level. And then of course we have some masterminds and 
uh, and I'm speaking on stages and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. So you, so you, um, you got into the Tony Robbins world. Um, I find that interesting that you, you, you ended up like really, I mean, not becoming an employee per se, but being a, a representative of, of Tony's information and, and teaching it and living it. You know, Tony, Tony changed my life 30 years ago. I don't know. I was 22, I think 21, maybe when I read Awaken the Giant Within. And, and I'll, I'll never forget him telling the story about flying his jet helicopter over San Diego and stopping and hovering over a building and he he's he had the realization in that moment that he had been the janitor a mere 10 years prior to that and 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 that story and then the rest of the book you know um talking about nlp and 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 his his spin on that neuroassociative conditioning and um you know i think that it changed my life. And I can remember thinking back then, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I want to, I want to change people. I want people to leave my presence feeling like that. And, and so, you know, I, um, I, that's when I, I believe my, my self-discovery journey began, um, along the way for me, Tony, I was an alcoholic. And I was covering up a lot of the same pains that you 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 speak of from childhood. Um, you, we have some very very similar stories, by the way. What kind of you know? For me, I was building multi million dollar companies, but I was losing them too. Right? I was drinking them away. What kind of did did you not face any like? challenges in relationships and 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 because of all of these insecurities and these these voices you know what i'm talking about God, right yeah absolutely yeah so we all face them yeah I, right so talk about some of that how did you get through because it's not like you and and I, I'm 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 trying to pull this out of you, man. So no, it's no, not no, like no, you no, showed no. up at a Tony Robbins event and the next day everything was rainbows and unicorns. Right. Well, you know, the, the, so listen, by all means, you know, feel free to pull and pick. I'm good. I, I, I love unscripted conversations. If you ever hear my show, they're a hundred percent unscripted. Oh, yeah. As yeah. a matter of fact, I don't know what's going to, what's going to come out of me next. Right. Like, right. I, the one thing that, 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 uh, I've learned is just to trust myself and trust what I, what it is that I do know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, by all means, I ask any questions. I'm happy. I'm an open, I'm an open book, you know, yeah. literally. So, uh, there's certainly a lot of pain. There's certainly a lot of trials and tribulations and a lot of pain along the way. Um, you know, the number one is that you go to an event and you go back home and everybody's like, the hell are you? What? Oh yeah. Look at you. You're, who do you think yeah. you are? You know, look at you, Mr. You know, a positive this and that. Cause there's always going to be people that are around you that are going to poo poo, whatever's going on and they don't believe whatever. And that's fine. Oh, it's some kind of, you know, cult. All right, cool. If it is, I love that Kool-Aid I'll drink It's my favorite freaking flavor. You know, right. if, if that means I'm going to be better and show up as a better version of myself and help other people, then I'm, I'm all for it. Um, yeah. So the first thing is, you know, the people that you're having the conversations with, that's why it's so important to stay connected with like-minded and like-hearted people. 
right? right. Surround yourself with, with people that are going to elevate you, that are going to lift you up. You know, and Jim Rohn, of course, you know, Tony's a mentor as well. You know, the, the, the phrase that he had is you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I think that is the most pivotally yep. important thing that I've, I've continued to, to, to change. I continue to upgrade. I continue to adjust. You know, the, the, the people in our lives where it's so important, you know, there's, we have our family that we're born to, and then we have our chosen family. Those that we get to, we choose to spend time with. And something I love to share is that if you look around your circle and the people in your circle aren't inspiring you, aren't pushing you and challenging you to be higher, to get out of your comfort zone, then you don't have a circle at all. You've got a cage Mm. of people that are trying to hold you down and keep you down. And here's the thing. A lot of times people are doing that out of love. So maybe it's your mom saying, no, don't do that. Don't take the risk because it's the A, they're projecting their own fears on you. But B, they're trying to protect you from hurting yourself or from you suffering a pain that they fear. Right. So they'll try to yep. hold you down, maybe at some point to even sabotage you for that. Then there's yep. the other people that do that out of fear of losing you. Well, if he grows too big, then I'm not going to be able to hang out with him. I'm not going to I don't want to lose that person. So, you know, they'll they'll try to sabotage you with their words and maybe sometimes even their actions. And then, of course, you always have the other people that are just looking to knock you down just because, you know, the tall, tall poppy syndrome. They don't want anyone being taller than them. They want you to succeed, just not better than them. So just make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right people. That's that's number one. And number two, it really is about doing that inner work and understanding why it is that you say and do and react to things the way you do. Because once you can figure out why is it that you say and do and react the way you do, then it's easier to understand why other people do and act and say what they do, right? So yeah. you can better correlate that, you know, like that whole conversation I was having in the beginning with my father. I realized that he didn't have that time with us as children. He, I, I understand that he didn't have that shot of oxytocin that moms get throughout the pregnancy that, you know, doesn't matter what that baby looks like. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. Well, while it may be true or not, it is to the mother, right? right. So they have that, that that heavy shot of oxytocin. The dads get it as well. So anyway, not to go back into that story, but understanding why and sometimes the mechanics or the chemistry behind or the psychology behind why people do what they do and that, you know, hurt people, hurt people, as we've heard uh, say so many times. You know, understanding that you you can look a little deeper and understand why it is that people do what they do. And you can have maybe a little more empathy to understand that that reaction or the way that they're treating you or the way that they're acting is because of a past trauma or whatever may have been going on in the background. So I think that doing that inner work is super important. That's why I kept going back to the Tony events, even though people are saying, why are you doing that? And then I'd go, you know, I'd be listening to Wayne Dyer. I'd be listening to, to Jim Rohn or, you know, uh, or, you know, more recently with Brendan Burchard and, you know, all of these uh, great speakers in Zig Ziglar and reading the books. Why are you doing that? I said, because it's, it's, this is me sharpening my skills and filling my bucket, right? Because we yeah. need to have that. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. I recognize that. And I didn't want to be just another brick in the wall, right? I didn't want to be just another grunt. I didn't want to be just somebody that's surviving through life because life isn't to be survived, it's to be thrived, experienced, tasted, lived because most people just survive, right? They're, they're, they're just living their day, day by day by day, and they're not really living, right? They, they, there's that saying that so many people get die at 25 and only get buried at 75 and live the same year over and over again because they've gotten stuck yep. on whatever trauma or whatever bullshit story they're telling themselves or somebody else pre-programmed them with that they're not good enough. 
that they're too stupid. They'll never amount to anything. They'll serve for nothing more than a mat for people to wipe their feet. And I, God knows I've heard that time and time again growing up. So it's about making that shift and, you know, helping people grow through what they go through. Hence that, that, that name, right. That hashtag that you see me use all the time. Yeah. Do you know Taylor Thompson and Larry? The name is familiar. Hold on. Let me put my specs on. Maybe La I can Larry, Larry is the co-founder of Herbalife. Taylor is, is his wife. And oh, nice. Larry was really good friends with Jim Rohn. He spoke at yeah. Jim's funeral. Yeah. So yeah, she's yeah. And, and Don Hobbs and Tony yeah. Robbins. And yeah. they all, they all worked. They all actually Don Hobbs, Tony Robbins. And, and I guess uh, they, uh, Taylor also worked um, uh, with Tony at the time, I guess, I don't even know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I see Taylor saying, yeah, most people believe they're not good enough. Absolutely. So it is, we're all more than good enough. We're all more than worthy. We're all a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. And if you think about just the word masterpiece, maybe that's just because we're a piece of the master, right? We're all, we all have a little bit inside of us. That's Amen. Soul is a little bit of that universe. 54 years ago. Wow, Taylor. Yeah. Well, Larry, her husband, Larry. and Jim Rohn were both distributors in the same company. They worked together. They they became really good friends. But so so let me ask you a question. So I have a feeling that that you and I are very close to the same age. I'll be 53 in July. Um, I think you're probably a little younger than me. But nope. Yeah. But, but, but the, the, um, so around, so it sounds like around 30 years old, you started immersing yourself into the Tony Robbins and the self-help and, and growth and, and, and all of that. Do you feel like, or do you recall, was there a moment because Grant, Grant Cardone's a good buddy of mine too. And, 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 you know, Grant talks about, that a lot like make sure that whoever is in your inner circle that they actually belong there that they're not yeah. doing the whole crabs in a bucket thing and because yeah. they they can be very covert sometimes in the way they try to hold you down or bring you down to their level um did do you feel like there was a moment in your life uh, uh, in that that period where you were like the light switch came on. You're like, holy crap, I'm surrounded by a bunch of idiots and I need to. <laughs> or, uh... you know, it's funny that you say that um, because there was, and it actually wasn't that long ago. Again, again, I've been doing this over and over again. And, you know, I say this, that's to, to, to your point, to Grant's point of what he says is that, you know, so many people are afraid to rock the boat. Yeah. But I say that you've got to rock the boat and those who fall out aren't supposed to be in your goddamn boat anyway. Right. right. That's the reality because you're rowing and you're looking back. You think they're rowing. They're actually they, they quietly got a hand drill and they're drilling a hole in the bottom of your goddamn boat. Right. And when you turn around, they grab the oar again. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm rowing. I'm rowing. Meantime, they're drilling yeah. a hole in your boat. So there's always going to be people that are, are going to be in your life like that. And you just got to watch for them. You've got to understand. You, here's here's something. If somebody shows you who they are, freaking believe them. Believe them because that's so much of what has happened in my life because I am loyal to a fault and that's hurt me in the past. That doesn't, but it hasn't changed me. I'm still loyal. You know, yeah. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to become a bad person because of bad people, you know? And so throughout my life, I've, I've rocked the boat. I've shaken people loose. I've walked away. I've walked away. I don't, I don't necessarily have 
yeah, I don't always have a fight. Sometimes I just walk away and, and just, just walk away. And then all of a sudden they just, people just don't have the same level of contact with me. And Tony, I haven't seen or heard from you. Well, yeah, I know. You know, right. what are you going to, what are you going to do? Unfortunately that happens. And I hate yeah. to do that yet. Sometimes you've got to spend less time with toxic people, right? Cause toxicity, like anything else will kill you. Yeah. You know, you go to, you go to, to the doctor to have an x-ray, you know, they don't just sit in there as you're chit chatting and just turn the button on and leave it in for 20 minutes and then turn it off. Right. It's right. just for a split second. And then they cover you with lead and they go behind the lead wall. Well, having toxic relationships and toxic people in your life are the same way. You know, short in short bursts, it's not going to kill you, but prolonged exposure will. It'll kill your dreams. It'll kill your hopes. It'll kill, you know, your goals of where it is that you're going to go because they're going to talk down. They're going to be negative. So right. spend less time with negative people and surround yourself with those that do. We've got to remember that we are the CEOs of our life, right? Yep. We've got to fire, hire, promote, and demote accordingly because yep. we're all responsible. You know, talking about Clubhouse, you know, we always say that, you know, follow whoever speaks to you because you're always curated by the people that you follow this and that. And if you're, yep. and, I, and I add to that, say, if you're following, if you find yourself in the wrong rooms, you've got to go to your friend list and you've got to edit it. And the same thing is true in life. If you find yourself in the wrong rooms, in the set, wrong situations, you've got to look at your friend list and you've got to edit it, right? You've got to take people out. And sometimes those people that are negative are family members. Maybe it's mom, maybe it's dad, maybe it's your sibling. Yet, and that doesn't mean, okay, well, cut them out. It, it, maybe it does, depending on, on what the, the, the severity of it is. Yet we can choose to spend less time in those negative places. You know, you go, yeah. you go there, you try to lift them up, do what you can, then you walk away, right? For your own for your own mental health, because you've got to make sure that you're taking care of you. Because I, I've realized that making me happy is my number one job. Because when I'm happy, that means that nobody around me is suffering. That means I've done what I could for as many people as I could around me, right? And I know that it's impossible to make everybody happy. So why not do that? Why not work on me? Otherwise, you're just miserable trying to make everybody else happy. And I know this, and I, you know, you may have heard me say this before, is that you know I know that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I know that, but that's okay because a lot of people drink coffee, right? That's right. Yeah, dude. I I think that you know, I, I I'm I'm really curious, like it, what, how, I guess what age? Oh, when 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 things really started to because look, here's this this is about breaking through walls, right? This yeah. this, this whole show is about how to have a breakthrough in life, and 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 where 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 did it all shift for you? Was it, was it your first event that you went to with Tony second, third, when, you know, when did it shift? There's a shift every time, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you another brief story. Um, because again, we keep learning, we keep growing, we keep falling, we keep getting up, you know, this hashtag get up and grow. I didn't find it. It found me. Mm. Um, I got a call. So about seven years ago, I had a business partner. We were friends since we were eight years old. Uh, and he was a business partner of mine for 25 years. We did everything together. The only thing we don't, we didn't own together was our individual houses. Everything else, if it was, we owned everything together. And let's just say that there was infidelities and divorce and whatever. And then uh, at some point, he came after me and my and my family, and really just turned turned my 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 life upside down. And it was September 24th of 2014 at 12:45 in the afternoon. And I remember that because I'll never forget that date in my life because it was a pivotal point in my in my in my life because so much changed that day. Now, you ask 
were there pivotal points? Absolutely in my life. That pivotal point when I was 16 with the razor blade at 20 years old, the the next pivotal point was when I closed on that deal. And I, and I, and I had that realization, the next pivotal point was meeting Tony Robbins. And then I've had, I've had many successes and I've had many failures throughout my life. And there've been a lot of painful moments and everything else. Yet the one that came to really rock my world was in 2014 where my wife, uh, my wife, my life, but thank God, my wife is an angel. She's, you know, I'm the, one of the biggest blessings in my life and the best mom I could ever imagine for my kids. But my life turned upside down on that day because I was completely taken aback. I did not see it coming. Mm. You know, I'm the person that fixes things and helps people fix their business, their life, their relationship. So when this came apart, I'm like, well, I can fix this. Little did I know that I couldn't. And I spent nine months trying to fix it. And he spent nine months setting up the dominoes. Um, and probably a few months prior to that. So I went from um, being very comfortable to, holy shit, I'm about as uncomfortable as I can possibly get in my life. Wow. Um, a lot of pain, a lot of agony, a lot of, a lot of defeat, a lot of struggle. And now I'm just going to tell you about Get Up and Grow. So I, I had a friend of mine call me about two years into that, and he knew some of the things that I was going through. Nobody knew what I was going through um, outside of a very close circle. Yeah. Um, and while through all this, I was still going to Tony Robbins events and I was a senior leader. Actually, I became trainer during that time. Uh, and I was kept going through those because, again, I was sharpening my tools. I was filling my bucket. I was improving myself. And, and, and literally, Tony Robbins probably saved my life, you know, in many ways and my relationship and, and, and my sanity. Uh, because when you're going through difficult moments, it's life is hard. So this friend calls me. It's about uh, 1030 at night and he never calls me at that time. I, I always speak to him in the morning when he's going through a struggle because I've been coaching people even for free before I started becoming a, a you know, a, a, a professional. I've been doing this for years, right? I mean, I've been immersed in the material for years, except I would just do it for free. So he calls me up. He says, Tony, you know, uh, you know, and he starts getting into a story. And I said, dude, stop. Are you sharing your story or are you just repeating mine? She says, that's why I'm calling you. How the hell are you so positive? And at that time, I was doing daily videos in the morning or almost daily videos of inspiration because I needed to get these ideas out of my head. I needed to talk through, you know, so I would pick a word. I would pick a quote and I would get, go into it. I would I would dissect it and in 30 uh, in a minute or, or 60 seconds or 120 seconds, whatever. I do these things to inspire. I post inspirational quotes because I need those for me. So he right. said, how do you do it? I said, how do I do it? I have to do it. There's no way. I've got it's a muscle. I've got to do it every day. Otherwise, I'm going to go down that deep, dark hole that none of us want to go into. He said, but how did you do it? I said, well, let me tell you something. And it was, I guess it was two years prior. I said, you know, I was everything was fine. I was comfortable. I wasn't really growing, but I was comfortable. I was making enough money. I was I was comfortable. And all of a sudden, boom, I got hit by a truck and God said, grow. And I said, no. And I said, no. So I felt the pain. And then the next day, more pain. And God said, groan. I said, no. And God said, groan. I said, no. And I said this a bunch of times, which is strange because I don't usually bring that into my, my coaching or strategy sessions, but something compelled me to do that. Mm. And at some point, my son interrupted, says, good night, dad, going to bed. I said, okay, son, uh, good night. Don't forget to brush your teeth. And I come back on the call and he says, dude, keep reading. I said, reading what? Whatever you were reading, keep reading. I said, dude, not only was I not reading, but I'm not even sure what we were talking about because I completely lost the thread. Wow. Of the conversation. So he told me about it. I picked it up again. And then, and I kind of went to, you know, God said, grow. And I said, no. And then there was a point when I was in Brazil for a wedding. And all of a sudden I realized, no, I'm not, I can't fix this. 
I can't fix this. This is real. I've got to now, I've got to go back and I've got to fight. And that moment that I came to the realization that I couldn't fix it and I grew, the pain went away. The pain went away, which was amazing. Wow. So for about a month until, of course, he filed some other frivolous lawsuit. And every complaint that he would make was actually things that he had done that now he was accusing me of. So, and boom, God said, grow. And I said, no. And God said, grow. And I said, no. And, you know, I kind of went on through this. And afterwards, I, I, we wrapped it up because it was something that he had to grow through that he wasn't seeing. And, you know, he, he thanked me. And the next day I had to call him to have him go back with me to what it was that the conversation that was had. And it was pretty amazing, pretty inspiring. And it wasn't until two months later that I'm sharing that story with somebody else that I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe wow. it. Well, the words came through me. I didn't realize that that message was meant for me. I was saying the words, but I wasn't listening. Wow. I was in pain because God said grow and I said no. And we have to grow through what we go through or we keep going through it. Right. Mm. Yep. Because we all fall and so all of us just get up and go. But what we need to do is we need to get up and grow. We need to learn from our falls. So we, when we fall, we get we, we learn. When we get up, we grow. And every single time we fall, we have the opportunity to get up and grow. And since that time, two months after that conversation, I've been using hashtag get up and grow because that's what I need to do each and every day. And so I, I, I'm here to help people get up and grow through what they're going through, what they've gone through to help turn their decades into day so that they don't have to suffer as long as I did with the, with, with those mistakes of the past. That's awesome, so, dude. So that was a shift. And during that time, when that first happened, a lot of this guy turned a lot of people on me with lies and manipulation, whatever else. So I, I saw the people fall out of my boat. I'm like, all right, keep falling because those who are meant to stay in the boat with me are here. That's and it's right. When you fall, I'm gonna have to. Well, I don't know how much more time we have because this is another. Uh, this is another learning moment. We, but we got. We got a. Uh, we're down to a couple of minutes left, actually. I, I, unfortunately, but we can always do another show, dude. Yeah. So I'll just say this with the with with because this ties into that. So many times we're tripping on things that are behind us, things that we have no business tripping on. Because, but it's that memory, that that shit that keeps holding us down, that anchor, that chain that we we're dragging around these balls. You know, yeah. and so we wind up tripping on shit that happened in the past. So here's the thing. You know, I invite everyone to be that 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 forensic scientist or the forensic uh, uh, pathologist, so to speak, of your problems, of your of your fall. When you fall, imagine like when you ever have a car accident, everything's kind of in slow motion. For it's only took a second or two, but it feels like it went on for a couple of minutes. Yeah. So yeah. I want you to go back and just try to analyze your last fall, the last big mistake, the last big failure. You got to ask yourself, what made me fall? Was I tripped? Was I pushed? Did I slip? Was I tripping on something behind me? And on your way down, as you're falling, who was there to, was there someone there to try to catch you and help you? Who was laughing? Who was at your table just before you tripped? And then when you fell, was there someone down there to catch you? How long were you there? And perhaps when we fall, it's because there's something down there we're supposed to find. So was there someone down there inspiring you to get up, to help you up? And we, when you finally got up and you walked to the other side of the hole and you started climbing, who was, who was there trying to give you a hand to lift you up or to pull you up or drop you a rope? Who was there trying to step on your fingers and throwing dirt in your face to keep you down, laughing at you, saying you should have ever been there in the first place? And on your climb up, who was clapping for you and who was laughing at you? And then when you get to the top, who tried to come back to your table? 
So there's so much to be learned from our failures and from our mistakes. So again, yeah. it's about getting up and growing through what we go through. So we stop growing, going through it. That's awesome, dude. Where, let me ask you this and I, dude, I am, I, I'm, we, I have to, I have to go. I'm, I apologize, but I, I, I have a hard stop five minutes ago. <laughs> so it's all good. So, so first off, thank you for coming on and, and sharing your, your heart. You're a good dude, man. I've spent a lot of time with you on clubhouse and you're 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 incredible so i i appreciate you coming on man um second where is a um where's a good uh, the best place for people to follow you do you have a website that i Actually, could just go if you just hashtag get up and grow the way you see it just get up the letter and grow in your search bar you'll like find i didn't know this about until about two months ago when you type that in what you what you get is me <laughs> so oh. go to www.getup the letter n grow.com you can go just a little bit about me there's a site being built behind that unfortunately right now that's a temporary but you can set up a quick 15 minute call with me to see if it's something that uh, that you and i align with and you'd like to, to to work with me you can also follow me on my on instagram i'm tony rodriguez with an s tony rodriguez 2.0 because i'm at least on version two of my life right uh and certainly on, on yeah on uh you can just type in my name on facebook and um, or if you could just go at Tony Rodriguez, NJ, I believe is what it is on Facebook. Yeah. You'll be able to find me. So Tony Rodriguez, you are the man, the myth, the legend. I appreciate you being on here, sharing your story. And, and I want to have you come back on and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll go through some more stuff. Maybe some evening we'll do a live sure. stream together. I'd love um, to, man. I love your shows. Yeah. I love how you show up and Thank uh, you, dude. what you're doing. So I Thank love it. You. Thank you for I having me. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Yeah. So everybody go follow Tony. Go to it's I, I'm on the website. It's getupandgrow.com. It's it's uh that's that's amazing, dude. So thank you. I appreciate you. Stay with me and I'm gonna end this, but thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. My Have pleasure. a good day. Thank you everyone for being here and watching and listening.